Good morning, Chair City Church. Whoa. All right. Oh, so that's how we're going to do it. When I don't put my mic on, like I often don't. All right. Well, glad you're here this morning, especially for our guests. So glad you joined us uh, for the first time. We're in week three of our current teaching series, First. And in this series, we're, we're just putting our attention on prayer, our focus on prayer to get us going individually and as a church in the right direction for 2018. Now, we want to talk about, um, let's talk about Mother Teresa or, or St. Teresa of Calcutta, I think is, is better said. Um, now, some of you, most of you would know St. Teresa. Some of you, if you're on the younger, more depraved side, you might not know who St. Teresa is. I say that affectionately, right? Though, uh, St. Teresa was a Catholic missionary to India where uh, for many years she served some of the most impoverished people on the face of the planet uh, in such difficult and depraved situations. Her ministry touched hundreds of thousands, maybe millions, because eventually it spread and the nuns that came and served alongside her throughout the world touched so many lives. And every day, each and every day, she would face, I mean, without question, difficulty, danger. And each and every day, St. Teresa would pray. And I want to give to you one of her prayers. I want to read to you one of her prayers. It says, may today there be peace within you. May you trust God that you are exactly where you are meant to be. May you not forget the infinite possibilities that are born of faith. May you use those gifts that you have received and pass on the love that has been given to you. May you be content knowing that you are a child of God. Let his presence settle into your bones and allow your soul the freedom to sing and to dance and to bask in the sun. It is there for each and every one of you. Pretty passionate, huh? Pretty powerful. So, I mean, it is, it's a personal, powerful prayer. And you'd think, why would Mother, Sister Teresa, Mother Teresa, why would she be praying in this manner? I mean, uh, you know, she's fairly experienced, right? This prayer is coming from a time that's uh, well into her ministry. As a matter of fact, the farther she went into her ministry, it seems as though the more she prayed and the more she made those prayers known. So what was it? So experienced, so accomplished, why was she a woman who was increasing in prayer? Well, maybe we can find the answer to that question or find some insight to that question in a poem they found written on her bedroom wall. It says, she wrote, people are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. When what you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have, and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. Wow, there's some, that's, right? Come on. 
power. Among several profound truths that come out of that poem that St. Teresa is communicating to us, perhaps the, perhaps the overarching truth here is you can't control people. You can't control circumstances and you can't control life, right? But what you can do is you can get it right between you and God. Huh? Whatever's going on with them, whatever's going on out there, whatever's going to happen today, make sure that you and God are okay, all right, huh? You see, she was in a battle every day of her life. Day to day, she would face one battle or another. And she knew that she could not control that. She could control when the battle come, the battle would come, what kind of battle it would be, whatever the heart. She just knew I can't control things, but I can be surrendered to God, huh? I can let God be in control of my life. And that's what I want us to learn today. I want us to learn that prayer is not how you secure control, it is how you surrender control. There's a story found in Exodus chapter 17. We're going to read it a little bit. Now, if you're new here, you don't have the Bible, we'll put the words up on the screen. And we're at a time, just a quick background, we're at a time where the nation of Israel is being oppressed, or they've been oppressed by uh, Egyptians for over 400 years. Uh, you might know the story of Moses and the Ten Commandments. God, through Moses, leads the Israelites out of bondage, out of slavery, into their promised land. They get there. They took the long way, 40 years, but here they are. They're there. They're settling in. And after a short time, well, some of their neighbors takes, take exception to their presence. Sort of like you had somebody from New York move next to you. You wouldn't be too happy about that, right? I, once a year, I get on my culture and where I'm from. Only once a year. Next week, we'll go back to Winchenden, okay? <laughs> We've given Winchenden too long of a break. So here we are. And so we're at a time now where the troubles arrived and their neighbors or a particular neighbor is coming in and attacking the Israelites. And it's, it's difficult. Battle is beginning. Husbands losing wives. Wives losing husbands. Children losing parents. I mean, there's pain. There's difficulty. It's like, why, God? What is going on here? I mean, through all of that we went through, then we come through this, you know, this journey 40 years, and now we, a whole generation we lose, and now we get into this promised land. It's like, okay, and now, bam. Pain, suffering, loss. Why are you letting this happen? What's going on? You know, we have this thought, and, and sometimes it's even taught, I don't, that when you uh, become a Christian, when you trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and he's the center of your life, is another way of saying that, uh, you're following him, that you're not going to have as much problems. You're not going to have the same problems. And granted, you might have less self-induced problems, yeah, right? You might be creating less crisis and bombs in your life, but that doesn't mean you're going to have less problems overall. You might even have some newer problems that have come from holding on to your faith and trusting in God and surrendering to God. It's not that Christians, believers in God, don't have different problems. We have the same problems. But because we believe in Jesus and trust in Jesus, we have a different peace and a different power. And we want to tap into that peace and power through prayer. That is what brings you to that peace and that power. That's what Moses discovered in the story that we're going to read this morning quickly in Exodus chapter 17. So let's jump in. 
Exodus 17, 8 through 13, the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Am Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekites' army with the sword. So you, we, we look into what happened here with Moses, what he experienced, and we can see that we're going to face battles in our life. And, and just as, as he did, we see that when he got up that morning or that week or whenever he was projecting or planning now that he'd arrived there in the promised land and was the leader of Israel, that perhaps this wasn't part of the calendar, this wasn't part of the yearly plan, that, that here he is, bam, smack into war, into battle. There are things in our life that we simply cannot control, things in our finances, in our marriages, in our health, things that we just can't govern to the extent we think we can. We look at Moses' life, and what do we see? In the midst of the battle and things happening that he could not control, we see that God is intimately involved in his life and God can as and is intimately involved in our lives you saw that in mother Teresa's prayer she was praying intimately personally why because that's the relationship she had with God that's the communication we she had with God because in my life in your life in Moses life and in Saint Teresa's life God he is here and near we look at Moses life and, and even Moses would say, you, you need to pray. I'm, I'm confident he said to Joshua, you need to pray. Hands up, pray, meaning surrender, yield, submitting to God. Hudson Taylor, a missionary to China. He's, he, uh, actually, I think he was one of the first missionaries to China. Was, she, was he the first missionary to China? Okay, my wife. How my children know this stuff better than I do? So he says, when I get to China, I will have no claim on anything or anyone, meaning no one owes me anything. I can't order anyone anything. I have no power over anything. I have no claim on anyone or anything. My only claim will be on God. How important for me to learn before I get to China to move people through God by prayer and prayer alone. That's powerful. I'm going to trust in God to move people on my behalf to see God do what he has called me to do in my life and in China. And that's what happened in Exodus chapter 17. And that's what we want to see happen in our lives. You see Joshua talking to Moses perhaps after the battle. And he's saying to Moses, man, did you see me out there with my sword taking people out one at a time? I mean, it just was awesome. And Moses looks at Joshua and he says, you know, Joshua, there's a little bit more to what happened than what you saw. See, I had a different view. I had a greater view. It was, it was from another level, Joshua. And I can tell you that the battle did not turn and, and was not resolved based on your might, Joshua. But the battle, what, what, what made the difference in the battle was prayer, Joshua. We were praying to God, Joshua. And here's the truth today. 
The difference in your battle will be prayer. It is. Now, I say that not only biblically speaking, but I could tell you, and, I, and we don't have the time to get into it practically, uh, you know, empirically, looking at data, that, that prayer makes such a huge difference. Those apart from God might call it meditation. They might different terms, you know, uh, 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 connecting to transcendental, whatever. Uh, you know, it's, it's prayer. It's talking to your God. But I got to tell you this. When you are talking to a God who's personal from a place of relationship and it's intimate, it does something phenomenal in you. Could, could you not hear the word? When I was reading the words of St. Teresa, did it not resonate in you? Did you not feel that power? Were you not moved huh, by that, that little nun sitting there in an impoverished place in India that she could be so powerful and be raised above her circumstances that she was not a person of circumstance, but she was a child of God being used in a powerful way, huh? Because she had surrendered to God. She was not going to just be in control. Today, I tell you, surrender to God, huh? Have your prayer time be not about getting control, but about surrendering to God. And you will intimately know God, and you will know the power of God in your life to bring you and guide you through any and every circumstances. He will be in control. And yet, often, we might not pray. Some of us never pray. We, we, we might not, we don't believe in God. Some of us do believe in God and we kind of pray here and there. And, and it just kind of creeps up on us. We just kind of take control. Some of us point blank, I'm going to be in control. That's my goal in life, to be in the control, to keep it together. Some of us, it just sort of kind of creeps up on us from anxiety or worry. We just kind of want to take control. Now, I want to just say something here. Let me differentiate between... Um, being productive and ambitious and being controlling. I'm all about being productive and ambitious. In case you don't know, a year ago, this was a gymnasium <laughs> with bleachers and scoreboards and drapes and panels and concrete and cutting stages. Look around you. While you're sleeping, as I say every other week, maybe I'm saying it too much to try and make myself look good. While you're sleeping, I'm going for a master's in counseling. I'm all about productivity and ambition. This week, Wednesday, one of my children said they had an interest in political science, and I'm taking them up to an appointment that was scheduled a couple of months ago to meet with State Representative Jonathan Zlotnick, and he'll give them a personal tour of the State House. And that, came, and that comes through relationship and prayer. So I am all about ambition, and I am all about productivity and getting things done. But I have learned the hard way there's a difference between that and saying, I'm going to be in control. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to carve out my lot and determine what my happiness would be. That, you know, if Justin could do this, get a little picture of Facebook with him and Zlotnick and me, we'll get up on there and, 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 you know, and he's going to do great things and he'll make me proud and then I'll feel great as a parent. That's not it, man, you know. That's not where my joy, my happiness, my peace, I'm just not going to take control. Oh, I, I can gain so much happiness and, 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 and joy through my son doing things. But I'm not going to take control and carve out in my head and my heart that that's what I need and that's what I want and I'm going to get that done, huh? I actually did very little work to see it come to fruition. Again, it was just relationship and prayer, huh? And, and keep that meeting, keep that meeting between Justin and, and the, and the uh, Congress or the rep state representative in your prayers. I appreciate that. So here is... So different reasons why people don't pray, you know, why they, they, they're hesitant, why we or you could be hesitant to pray, you know. I, I, 
I don't have enough time to pray. Or I, I just don't think, <laughs> we think about praying, if I go to God, I'm going to get the answer I want, and therefore it would be kind of a, you know, interference or inconvenience to what I'm picturing or what I believe I know I want, huh? I don't know what to say when I pray. I feel ashamed about going into prayer, you know? And all these, what, what are you hearing? You're hearing that we're at the center of all this, that we're kind of more in control. How about I'm a, I, I, I don't want to hear the truth. How about I don't pray because I don't get answers anyway? How about I don't pray because I don't trust God? How about I don't pray because I'm angry at God? But it's all us that we are here in the center. We're kind of navigating. We're controlling this. We're holding on. I'm in control. I got this. I'm going to see this through. Anger and fear. There was a few times on my hand I can probably remember where, you know, that really distinctly where I just emptied myself out and surrendered to God. I mean, I like to think my life is a continued process. Not think it is a continued process of surrendering, of Dave surrendering to God. Right to the very end, it'll be. Truly a work in process. But there, I, these times where it just was so uh, magnified. I've shared this with, uh, with some of you, and even from up here, I imagine. I don't remember all the details but, uh, that I shared. So uh, Christy's uh, giving birth to our fourth child, uh, Joy. She'll be 11 in a few weeks. And uh, somehow there was always something peculiar going on with the birth of all our children, Justin, and then the twins, of course, was a circus. And, and then we, now here comes Joy, and everything was calm. I mean, you know. Everything was kind of, it really was like just, just smooth sailing compared to the first two go-rounds, you know. And, uh, and then here the moment comes and, and Joy is, gonna get, is ready to, you know, come into this world. And, and I've got it now. I know my place, right? I've talked about this place. I do this as sort of a, a public service announcement for all those dads who are going to be in this situation. I've noticed they've not adopted this in hospitals, but they should. I think I'm going to go out there as like a salesperson, make a few bucks. They should have like this. You know when you go on a ride, they say, put your feet here, you know, something like that. Well, they should have like right on the floor, like an X, you know, and dad, just stand here, right here, you know, because you stand over here, just too much nature, man, just a little, whoa, just, just going to be, it's going to be mind altering, right? You stand too far to the right, you are in harm's way, man. They, they will get you, right? <laughs> Second time I wore long sleeve shirts, it didn't matter, man. Skin left me. You want to see, probably somewhere between like the belly button and the lower ribs. It's just, that's right there. Just right, you just, that's a safe spot, right? So here I am, I'm standing in my safe spot. I'm, I formulated this, I had it. Things are going good. Joy comes into this world and I am just immediately stunned. I mean like near, near fainting. And... I look at her, and within like a couple of seconds, I'm alarmed, and within a few more seconds, I'm confident that her face is deformed. And it's severe. And I could feel myself going to a particular place of, of fear, of disappointment, of, of how am I going to do this? And I mean, in like seconds, literally the Spirit of God came upon me, which comes from relationship, and it just grabbed a hold of me. And I could hear, I was so mindful of what was going on in me, and I says, no way, not now. This little girl's got a life of difficulty ahead of her, not here. This is going to be a time of celebration, of gladness. Dave, get on your horse, do it now, come alongside her. And I just started crying out to God, and I just surrendered myself to God. Because you see, for me, that was one of my massive fears, was, you know, having a child that would have some sort of a handicap or disability. 
And I'm probably not alone on that. And, and, and you know, when it's not, it hits you and you're not expected, boom. But I just stopped and I just surrendered to God. And in that moment of surrendered, I just felt God, Holy Spirit, our comforter, our friend, the one, the God who walks alongside us, just come into me. And I just started saying, wow, well, I'm going to be her best friend and we're, we're going to do things together and we'll climb and, and, and I'll be there to encourage her. And, and I just know we're going to have so many wonderful times that God is going to use this child to just bring me closer to him and to really know life in a great way. And, and I truly believe all this that is going on. And, and I mean, the tears are pouring down my face I, I mean pouring down my face and they're probably thinking what a what a what a flowery wimpy guy I mean it's like enough this is too much I understand you're happy and excited about this but I'm sobbing and then the nurse reaches over to Joy and she goes to her face and she plucks this thing off it was the umbilical cord it got stuck to her face <laughs> I didn't say standing in that spot was going to make me any smarter just safer <laughs> Like, well, I was, it was, I mean, you know, I went through a lot. I just got to tell you, it was a tough, it was a lot for me. But when I thought about it later on, I, I said, my God, you know, and, and my prayers had nothing to do with the, it was an umbilical cord from the start. <laughs> but just to know, wow, for me to get that taste of what surrender really is like, we're so adverse to it when we think about it. We're so uneasy with it because it really is that we're going to come to God and saying, okay, God, just not my being in control, but your being in control. I just want to surrender and trust in you. It's just, it's just so against our the inner part of who we are. And yet in there is so much peace and, and so much joy and so much power that can come to us. Huh? So there's a, uh, let's just look at it. Let's kick through that. All right. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6 says, I want to pause because I just jumped about a half a page, so I'm going to give the screen some time to catch up. <laughs> Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. The man's writing this, the Apostle Paul, St. Paul, he's in a Roman jail. He's under house arrest waiting for what could be a possible him being beheaded and, ex and executed. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live, as you live in Christ Jesus. I, I had never experienced what I experienced that moment with joy. I could not have ever even have tried to explain it or imagine it or, or even contemplate what it would be like until I had it. Listen, we, as people who know and love Jesus, we don't, we, our lives are not absent from problems. And that should not be our goal for our lives. I, I, I like less problems and more problems. Put me at the front of that list, okay? But our goal is to trust in God. Our goal is to let God be in control and not ourselves. And when we do that, when we're praying in that manner, we are tapping into a very different peace and power. So here's my question for you today as we close this up. Why don't you stand with me? Worship team, why don't you come on up? Good morning. It's a beautiful little girl, huh? Man, she's active. I thought she was going to swallow Christy's necklace. I really did there. 
I'm thinking, where's our firemen and our nurses and our cops? I know we got a lot of them in here. Because <laughs> I don't know how to do any of that stuff. So here's my question for you today. Do you pray to give God control or to get control from God? i say that again. Do you pray to give God control or do you pray to get control when you go to God? Remember, prayer is not how you secure control, it's how you surrender control. Get that now and your 2018 will be immensely different. Your life will change significantly. Know God for who he is. He's not like, like the Wizard of Oz trying to imagine who the wizard is and they have all these thoughts about what he is and, and, and he wasn't any of that. He's God your father. He's God who gave his only son Jesus. That, that would die on a cross for the forgiveness of your sins, that you could be made right with God because he's a holy God, a loving God. Everything about him is right and just and holy and that you could have eternal life and that you could have moments that would just defy logic, that would defy reason where you could rise above it all, that you could know and love your wife, your child. You could, you could love your unborn child and, and, and be moved by it and, and you've never even seen or smelt or, or known that child. And that's the spirit of God in you that creates and brings life and brings love and brings hope for you. Why don't you bow your heads? Father, I ask today, Lord, that you would bring huge victories and huge peace into the lives of everybody in here today, oh God. Lord, I ask, oh God, that each one would surrender themselves to you, oh God, today, that they would, that you could supernaturally, God, Holy Spirit, enable them to just let go and begin to lean into you, oh God, whatever it is related to right now, that in their hearts and in their minds, they would just literally be mindful of it, oh God. They would catch those thoughts, oh God, that creep up, oh God, whatever it is, Lord, let them take a hold of it right now. In the name of Jesus, huh? our Lord, our Savior, that they would take a hold of that. Mm -hmm. Finances, relationships, occupation, health, that right now, God, they would surrender it to you, oh God, and know that you are with them, oh God. For those, oh God, who came in here, oh God, and they do not believe in you, God, that you are, um, whatever words they would use to describe you, you are not real, you do not exist, oh God. Lord, or they're indifferent to you, oh God, that you're there, maybe you're there, they just, they just can't know you. God, I pray, Lord, that now, God, Holy Spirit, you'd awaken them like you awakened me, oh God. You'd draw them close to you, oh God, that you would stir in their spirit, oh God, that I believe that you have breathed into them, God, which enables them to love and to care, to be unselfish, to sacrifice, oh God. Lord, that you'd enable them to courageously turn to you, O oh God, and to, begin, and to begin to give up the control and, and surrender their lives to you for something greater, something more than they could imagine, more than they could measure, or they could measure, O oh God. Lord, I pray that they would turn to you. If they're angry with you, they feel distant from you, that right now, O oh God, they would open their hearts and their minds to you. In Jesus' name, amen.